Whether you grew up playing games on the Super Nintendo, N64, PS2, any of these consoles, I think many of us had this dream of one day attending a press conference like E3, events like PAX and all that stuff. And it's interesting because with the pandemic that happened in 2020, a lot of these events were either canceled or they became digital only events. And even before that, a lot of uh, things like the Nintendo Directs happened and it begged the question of like, do we need these events? And now we are in a situation where we have the PS5, we have the Xbox series, and we always have these rumors about, are we gonna get a new Nintendo console? Is it gonna be the Pro? You know, the events are back in game, like uh, E3 2021 is gonna be taking place between June 12th through the 15th, 2021. And a lot of people are excited, but I'm not gonna lie, I'm in the mindset that like, I think I'm, I'm think I'm kind of over this. So we're going to just react, maybe have this sad conversation as gamers that are maybe getting old and are not as enthusiast uh, interested about these things on another episode of A Cast of the Past with a brand new episode available every Sunday and clips throughout the week uh, at youtube.com. Get excited. <laughs> Ready for this depressing <laughs> yeah, let's conversation. Get excited. Get get excited. excited. Yeah, welcome to the getting old cast where yes. we realize, well, maybe the things we love are... Get off my lawn. I don't need the digital video games, but my name is Juan. I'm from Puerto Rico. You heard that man right there from London, Ontario, Keith Hamilton. Keith ain't gonna lie. Even, even just before the pandemic, what was your hype level for something like E3? Where back in the day, I mean, we would actually like skip college or take days off of work just to watch some of these events. Oh, yeah. Up until a couple of years ago, I would take the day off to watch the big E3 day because there was always that one day that had like Microsoft, Sony, Ubisoft, all of them just kind of in one day. I would always take that off and then watch some of my favorite like game sites, watch it. It's like a three-layer thing. Long, yeah. I would watch people watch the press conference and comment or comment on it. And that was one of my favorite things. But Maybe it's because of the pandemic. Maybe it's because of how things have changed over the last couple of years. And and by change, I mean both in the video game industry, how there's this new console generation that I haven't really latched on to yet, and how my own habits have gone, or like kind of gone in a different direction. Like if you're on the video version, look behind me. Got a new problem everywhere around them me. And Legos, it's called people, Lego. Them Legos. So I'm not feeling it yet for E3 in the same way that I used to. Now we do have from Boston, Massachusetts, Mr. Ryan McNulty. Now Ryan, you're in an interesting uh scenario because you live in Boston uh, a lot of these events, just in general, from PAX to E3, like you're, you have these far more accessible than Keith and I would ever have. And, you know, some of us have gone to like PAX and all that stuff. But yeah, like just before the pandemic, did you feel that hype for events like E3 and, and all the reveals? It depends. My question is, hey, is Nintendo there? And if the answer is yes, then I'm probably interested. But otherwise, unless it's like a specific franchise that I'm really interested in, then I don't really care. Uh, you know, PAX, if I hear like, oh, Blizzard's going to announce something. I used to care when Blizzard announced something. Now, not so much. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, it, it really depends now. It's not just like, oh, I'm hyped to see any games. It really has to be specific to the things I know I'm interested in. And then, of course, if I hear like buzz about something that's new that everyone's talking about, 
then it'll kind of catch my eye. But then, you know, then again, I made that mistake with Cyberpunk and we all saw how that turned out. So maybe I've just been burned a couple times that uh, I just don't really care. You still have the wounds. They haven't yeah. healed yet. So it's like something like PAX, the game announcements isn't really what's going to draw me to that event. It's more about kind of the panels. The culture. Of, of Yeah, it is exactly. It's the culture. It's basically everything else surrounding it that would make me want to go. And E3, that's definitely, sure, you could, I mean, I would not pass up the opportunity to go just to go, but it's definitely very much just kind of this press event that's really not for the fans and it's more just for game journalists who want to report on what's going on and pretty much everything that you can get out of E3 that would benefit a consumer would be just to watch the the live streams. Well, Ryan, what have I told you that instead of going to E3, E3 in 2021 is coming to you. I'm actually just Wait. reading that from the website. I mean, to me, it's literally <laughs> like, like like are the press conferences happening in my house? Like, do I do I need yeah. to? Make I mean, you got to dress up, people, Keith. Or? I don't know what you're wearing below the shirt, but you got to put something on. How many people are coming? I don't know if I have room. What about snacks? Many. I mean, E3 snacks and like press conference and, and and those conventions have really bad food, so I I, I guess it's okay. Uh, it's tradition for me press conference day. I go get a big bag of ketchup yeah. chips and I we eat can just the talk hell about of- that in itself. Like, I I would get hyped up. I just have like nachos, like all the stuff just in in one sitting. But for context, so. Just because E3 is coming back, I mean, let's not forget, E3 in itself has had a lot of controversy, right? From leaked, hacked information, you know, accounts have been accessed, like a lot of stuff that people just did not like. But based on the website, E3Expo.com, they say wherever you are in 2021, E3 is coming to you, Ryan. So Ryan, Keith, everybody, like, get ready. You got to get dressed. This year's event will be a reimagined and hyper-engaged, woof. Okay, just talk about bullcrap media Yeah, just a bunch of buzzwords that mean yeah, nothing. Tell me, tell me the hashtags I need to follow the conversation with. Yeah. <laughs> Hyper-engaged digital experience, paving the way for so much more in 2022 and beyond. This says nothing. Realistically, okay, at least for me, I would love to get your feedback with this. What I loved about E3 really was the press conferences, but because you knew that you weren't the only person watching it at that moment. I feel like when it becomes a digital-only experience, sure, you do have a whole lot of people that watch that, but I th- I feel like you lose the on-demand part of it. And at least for me, it's like, oh, it's not nearly as cool in- as anymore, right? Oh, absolutely. And it is because the press conferences are still happening, right? Like that's all but confirmed. Yeah, it still says here with live press conferences and a four-day-long video stream, E3 2021's virtual format gives you unprecedented access, Jeebus, here we go again, uh, to the premier <laughs> video game industry event. So because obviously the format changes a little bit, but yeah. To me, that's the important part, being able to see these presentations along with everybody else for like the first time and getting to just like just be excited for that little bit. Like whether the games pan out or they don't, there's that little moment of time where everybody's just like, whoa, that looks really cool. And that's fun for that moment, especially when there comes to the like it happens once or twice every E3 where 
there's that surprise that you just didn't see coming. Like for me, my favorite one from the last, like the last big one for me was the Mario Rabbids Nintendo Switch game. That weird when it was on stage and Ubisoft was showing off this nightmare dream of Rabbids and Mario shooting guns in an XCOM style game. That was the coolest thing when that was on the stage and everybody was going like, pardon my language, but what the F is this? Why is this a thing? Why does Mario have a gun? That was... I really enjoyed those moments and I'm hoping that with the quote-unquote hype Hyper digital experience, hyper engaged, whatever the hell buzzwords you just said. I hope that they don't lose that by trying to be this big digital experience. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if they can do as many theatrics because I don't know what it's going to look like. Right? Is it going to be kind of like Nintendo Direct, where it is all kind of digitally done and it's just in studio, or are they still going to do some sort of kind of like stage? performance even though there's just just no audience i imagine it's going to be just a bunch of directs yeah like i mean let's not forget even last year even though we didn't get e3 we got the game awards we got a lot of stuff and look when when you have a lot of people like especially with the pandemic let's not forget some states are super open but a lot of the developers are from outside the u.s so it's not nearly as easy to pull them in and it's also not as convenient for you to live stream yourself because what if the connection's crappy or something so for the most part, it's probably going to be a lot of pre-recorded stuff, right? And I think that begs the question of Nintendo kind of got it too right. Because even when Microsoft or Sony does any kind of video, people tend to compare to the format of the Direct, which is you kind of know what to expect. There's going to be a, a shadow or stealth drop, right? Something's going to be available oh, starting tonight. <laughs> exactly. There's always the one more thing. Uh, you kind of get a couple of indie things and maybe one or two big reveals. And I think that format and the fact that it's short is good. For me, the stage, it's like, I ain't going to lie. I love the awkward stuff when stuff goes wrong in press conferences. Like, I, I live for those moments, right? <laughs> so when it's all like very standard pre-recorded, you usually have like the person just looking at the camera. Hi, Keith. I'm very excited to share with you this brand new announcement. I'm like, oh, dude, you could just put this trailer up. Oh, wow, Juan, let me grab my controller and check out this brand new game. Here we go. Well, look forward to it. And and that, it's like you even know the accent, right? I feel like when people talk into like Zoom or something, these are great graphics. How long did you spend working on these graphics, Juan? Tell me about how the development of this game started. Ryan, are, are you excited for that if it happens? I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Ryan's like, don't pull me into yeah. this stupid conversation. I know, I know what you're saying, though. There is that acting voice, like the presentation acting voice. I don't really care. I just want the games, man. Just show me the games. I don't like I hate when they bring out celebrities. I hate when they try to do a musical performance. I don't care. Just show me the games. That's all I care about. So, OK, so having said that. There's a lot of rumors that have been happening for years, but the fact that, you know, it, it kind of sucks where this new generation, even though I really don't care about the PS5 and Series X, I don't think I'm going to get it anytime soon. It doesn't help that it happened during the pandemic when stock is short and you're like, damn it, now we got to wait how many years before this loop, right? Like 
even if I never got a console with day one, it was always awesome to see the reveal and all of that happening. So now that we do have those consoles, there is that lingering question of like, what is Nintendo's take? Starting with Ryan, forget about the format, whether it's live, recorded, whatever. If the question was, what do you want from E3 2021 based on what you know we historically have gotten? Is there anything that comes to mind? For Nintendo, I think they just need to come out with some big, big hitters, like some big non-remakes from the Wii U or ports or whatever. I think the problem with the Switch is that we got Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, Animal Crossing, and then like what are the other big hitters? I feel like everything else has just been like ported up from the the Wii U. And like I think it just needs more of its own identity instead of having yes, I know there's a ton of indie games and everything, and that's great, but Nintendo lives and dies by the first party stuff. Um and Let I know me tell you about this little series that has consumed my life and my soul recently called Monster Hunter <laughs> and how that is the biggest thing as far as I am concerned on the Nintendo Switch. And that's all I want to see. Does I've come to the conclusion that I'm just going to be a Monster Hunter person going forward. Just give me give me that. I think you can't say you can't say Nintendo doesn't have games, son. They've got the Monster Hunters. <laughs> it's true though. I, I think I think we have this tricky spot where you have the greatest hits. So it's like, you know, Mario and anything tied to that. And then you have other games that, I mean, have a subjectively and objectively, I mean, uh, become super popular. Like Monster Hunter, you know, with World, with like uh, Rise. Rise. Yeah, exactly. With Rise and all that stuff. But that only appeals to, I mean, even though it's obviously a very large audience, like I'm somebody that I've tried Monster Hunter. I really appreciate it. But I like me just like a, a good standard platformer. It's like for Nintendo, just give me just give me comfort food, right? Like Nintendo is the McDonald's for me for for gaming, which is I know what you have. Just give me a little bit more of that. Change a couple of things, and and I do think that split fan base is is definitely part of like the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the end of the day, just give me Breath of the Wild too. I expect <laughs> that. I don't know. It's a. Tr- I think we'll get definitely get something for Breath of the Wild too, and then like if there's other Zelda stuff, that's gonna be for like a 35th anniversary direct that will hopefully eventually happen. But um, that I think I expect that to be the big game, and then um, maybe we'll get something else. I mean, it's just like it seems to me that like I said, the Switch has just been. They've almost kind of taken advantage of the fact that nobody had the wii u my respects to you on but um but he's like, right <laughs> it's mario we're still playing mario kart 8 what the hell's got like how old is this game now is this one are we almost at 10 years old with this game like we're give me a there. break like give us a new mario kart it's ridiculous how long we're expected like you know and, and i'd like to see another like big mario title like i'm talking like single player mario title before the end of the switch's lifespan i just feel like they you know to switch there's a ton of great things to play but i feel like nintendo themselves just don't have enough like meat on the bone there you know 
So jokes aside, I definitely don't disagree with you on that. But I kind of want to go back to a point you mentioned um, a few minutes ago, where when you were talking about Zelda, you said, oh, they might do this, but that's probably for a different direct or something like that. Do you think that's part of the reason why E3 just doesn't feel the same way it does anymore? Because it's it used to be like, okay, this is the week where everything's getting announced you know what's coming out or starting in july you know what's coming out for the rest of the year and early next year but now because we get this steady flow of things like a nintendo direct when we're anticipating things like a zelda specific direct or a mario or an indie one and how companies like sony now have their state of plays and ea's ea's doing their own thing and capcom's doing one with monster hunter every other month like is that where e3 kind of lost its step and it makes me wonder does it exist like can it exist this big behemoth of an event anymore it's not easy i think it's gonna be a thing of the past eventually i'm i'm guessing because it from a business standpoint it doesn't really it's starting to not make as much sense anymore right because the way that the internet is and and how you can get things trending and everything it really e3 honestly doesn't even it it starts to make less and less sense and i think out of obligation we're we're still doing it but if you think about it why would i announce my biggest games at e3 and maybe have it get lost in the shuffle With everybody else when, exactly. yeah, when i could announce it i don't know in september when there's no competition and own the news cycle of video games so and not just that yeah. like i think a lot of us and, and it's ironic and i think nintendo has really broken the mold how many times have people complained, oh, Nintendo, you should have like set a date for the announcement. Nintendo's usually like, yo, dog, I'm just releasing it's a trailer at midnight. Weeks. And yep. it freaking trends for like three days, which like breaks the whole concept that people are saying, oh, you should have marketed. It's like, look, I like to think Nintendo's got their publicity and marketing done right. And Nintendo can release a trailer right now about literally whatever and it tends to do pretty well. So it's not even just a conversation about is E3 necessary, but it's this concept of like, hey, Keith, you can expect in July of every year, whether it's E3 or whatever the hell, June, July, whatever it is, you can kind of just like drop stuff. And it is as a as a nostalgia gamer, right? It's like, oh, that sucks, right? Because it's not going to be a thing anymore. But I totally envision like the generation born in let's say 2000 onward kind of going like i i just give a damn about the game i don't really care how you announce it because a lot of the people that i know that play games are like dude i don't care how i i just want the game yeah and there's been so many instances especially in recent memory of things getting delayed because of certain like things happening in the world where they've hyped this thing two or three years ago and it took three delays to get it out on time where if you just waited a bit you wouldn't have to have this extremely long preview cycle and this extremely long time of trying to keep hype up because and like you just could have had it out later on like i don't think that that style exists the way it should anymore it's It's also just kind of as a side note um it, it is very interesting 
Uh, I've watched, you know, a lot of people familiar, obviously, with Scott the Waz. Yeah. He does a lot of, um, he's done plenty of reviews on, like, different E3s, like, looking at, like, 2018, uh, 2019, etc. And it's amazing how much stuff from E3, either the stuff that they show is never in that game that comes out, or that game oh, yeah. just straight up never comes out. And it happens yep. a lot. Like, yeah, a lot. A, it's <laughs> a lot. Well, because yeah. they're they're building this specific, like, fine-tuned thing to, like, a lot of the times when you see the previews for this game, like, it's like, imagine looking, like, walking by a boutique shop and it looks really nice in through that window but the rest of the place is still under construction and has demo walls all over the whole thing like that's kind of what an e3 demo is so of course none of it like very rarely ends up seeing like being uh, parallel to the finished product and, and i think you know brian brought up cyberpunk i think you know that game in itself is is going to make a lot of developers and publishers very skeptical of like do I really want to show stuff ahead of time? They do need to, right? Because they have like their shareholders. They, they have, uh, you know, financial obligations. obligations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, uh, here's a really good example. You know, talking about something that I would love to see, two of them. One of them is uh, WWE 2K22. You know, they had... The, the feedback for 2K20 was You're so ready bad. to be heard again, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, it, look, <laughs> the outs of me buying the game are slim to none, but... I'm curious because whether you're a wrestling fan or not, you know, just to give a quick little context, the previous game that came out was 2020. So that came out in 2019. It did so bad that basically the company said, hey, um, yeah, we're taking a year off. So it'll be interesting to see. They've released some teasers and all that stuff. But think of the expectation that that company has right now. It's like, we took a year off, so a lot of people are like, hey, I better see some freaking differences, right? And, you know, the three of us are wrestling fans. Like, even though I stopped watching WWE, I love playing a good wrestling game, and I would love to play a new one, but every time I pop it in, I'm like, what is this crap? Who actually plays this? So that's one thing. Yep. Another thing is I would love to finally see a new GTA, and... <laughs> I know it seems like a exactly Ryan's yeah, reaction, reaction sums it up it's like yeah. hey you're gonna get GTA 5 2 it's just the yeah. game inverted or something they, they split no some it's stuff. GTA it's just more online stuff that's where yeah. the money is it's a different world it's still I'm, like a billion dollar yeah. industry that freaking online game <laughs> yeah it, it I, is and I, I do that, think that's that, like almost a sorry it's it's almost like a whole nother conversation yeah. of how like we, I think we we're just very spoiled when we we're younger in like, you know, it's something I've talked about a few times in just how long we had to wait in between releases of games because it's, I know there's so much that goes into creating a game, but just it's crazy how much longer we wait to get games. I mean, there's so many, there's a billion memes about, you know, we've got like seven GTA games within like a 10 year span. And now it's been like 10 years since GTA 5 has been out. And we haven't even gotten even a teaser trailer for GTA and now 6. now we've just gotten seven different versions yeah. of and GTA I mean, like, 5. And we yep. can think about like Elder Scrolls Hold 6. Hold by Skyrim. You know, yeah, we've, we're still playing Skyrim over, t- you know, t- what, 12 years later at this point? Uh, well, I guess 10 years. It's 10 years. Still, but, still. Still, still 10 still, years. The point's and, there. No new Elder Scrolls. It's uh, 
like what happens you know i know there's like we said there's a lot that goes into these games they have to do a lot more detail things like that but um yeah i don't know it's we're a lot of companies are just following the money and that's it kind of hurts a lot of the single player games out there unfortunately i do think that we are definitely the minority just based on the way that i know the three of us play games me even being the maybe the best case where i've rarely ever bought dlc for games like I can maybe pick out five games where I bought DLC, but time has shown I am the minority. It's like it, it is like microtransaction is the way to go. So sadly, from a business point, you know that's affected. Where now you get a game and you understand that, right? It's like you 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 dedicated so many time, so many years for a game to come out, so they're going to squeeze every single dollar that they can out of you. But then you get to an E3 or something like that, and it's kind of like, do they take a risk with like? Take uh, WWE to, as an example, right? Do they take a risk of just announcing a new one and maybe there's backlash? Or do you go the GTA 5 route? And obviously that is the exception, not the rule, because, I mean, that's just a freaking empire at this point of just, I could release GTA 6 or I could release that brand new pack for the thing that's still financially doing freaking awesome. Or then you have something like Fortnite that doesn't cost anything, but how much money do people spend? on the game which once again when you go back to like an e3 it's like do you really need all this stuff and it's sad right because i feel like and i would love to get uh two things from keith after this which is your reaction to what i'm about to ask and then if there's anything you're interested in i feel i never felt more disconnected as a gamer now than i've ever had before like i i feel like when i look at these events and everything i'm like I am definitely part of a different generation. I still love to play games. I still love to experience them. But these current generations and the business models, the way the games are presented, I'm like, dude, this isn't for me. Like, it's gotten to the point that I, I barely watch a lot of streams for the games that come out now because everything seems to be so much of like, oh, experience me for like the first year because I just want to get like the free to play model or it's like, the, the business component of gaming is so much in my face that I kind of just prefer to pop in an old game. So what do you think about that? No, I totally agree with you, especially as games become more of a service than a just like a standalone product for the reasons that Ryan mentioned earlier. You have all of these things that take so long to make and so much money has to get poured into them that you can't really just release something anymore and go, okay, on to the next one, because you need to be able to make your cost back through things like DLC, through games being services. That's something that's really taken off uh, over the last couple of years with season passes and live service games that are just constantly getting up updated and just that model you see more and more of that these days and i check it out every now and then but it's something that i just become less and less interested in and maybe that's where old man yells at cloud comes in when it comes to video <laughs> game stuff but that's why i joked earlier that i've just like landed on the fact that going forward i think i'm just gonna be the monster hunter guy because that is a niche that kind of still hey, checks those boxes it works. for me yeah. and like i'm the zelda I, guy yeah exactly <laughs> like 
I have fun with those games a lot, and they are they kind of hit that sweet middle ground for my playstyle, where I enjoy them, and they still get updates every now and then. Like there are new games coming out, and those games aren't like a hey, this is what you get, what's in the box. There are new things being added to them constantly um, in the first few months that they're released. So for me, that's my sweet middle ground of games, and I'm happy to fall into my monster hunter niche i think that brings up an a very deep question that maybe we can have this as a future episode and i really want to get people's feedback which is how do you pull somebody from that cycle like you're a very good example of a lot of gamers now keith right you're bringing a monster hunter but you have your dead by daylights you have games that people only play x game right Mm -hmm. so how does a company go like, man, I got E3 to, to pull you away for at least like a good month, right? And that's very challenging because as a gamer, you're an older, you're, you're an adult, right? You're not a kid figuring out which genres you like to play. It's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like the third, you know, I'm the third person action guy. This feels my need for all of this. You know, you don't have hundreds of hours to play every week. What would take you in something like E3 to be like, I'm willing to take the time that I spend with Monster Hunter and invest it with something else. And yes, that's a very loaded question. <laughs> yeah, it's an extremely loaded question. I, it, it all comes down to what you show, right? Like, I've been through enough of these to know to watch it with cop cautious optimism but hey if you have a game that has a good showing and then when it comes out it actually delivers on that showing and it gets good reviews like i'm I'm, if i'm interested in it i'll give it a shot but i just can't get behind the blind optimism anymore of this looks cool we need to go out and get it right now or i need to pre-order it right now so it's i know what it would take for keith just make a Monster Hunter clone starring the Mandalorian, and Keith is all in. Holy dude, <laughs> dude, wow, wow, oh, oh, oh! Keith I is like swore that. Yep. <laughs> that but would even be really that cool. Is, or if you a, just remade, like if you re two remaked Metal Gear Solid, I would buy that. That's in 30 true. Seconds, that's true. But but Ryan brings up a really powerful say it, point. What you're not going to say it, one? I'll break. No, I, I thought you were going to mention Twin Snakes, but... <laughs> oh, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, look, like, Twin Snakes is basically the same game. I'm not even going to bring up something that's so obvious, right? So, true, right? True. <laughs> people, it's a joke, okay? It's a joke. <laughs> Especially for... I think for video, the sarcasm comes off a little more obvious. I think I got to put that up for, for audio, but... <laughs> Ryan, to to bring you with the final question, and you brought up a really good point because you're definitely a Nintendo gamer, right? You're like a Zelda, mm-hmm. Mario gamer. So I think much like the Monster Hunter part, it's like, what would it take you to actually break that cycle of be like, I'm willing to invest time on not one of these properties? Is there anything you would see in this E3 or other future events that would actually pull you away from that? Definitely. I think if there is a interesting kind of single player game that I think the concept really interests me, then I will give it a shot. You know, I know there's um, Elden Ring is they announced like two years ago, which was I know it's it's from a franchise I like where it's like from software, but it you know George R. R. Martin was participating in like helping with some of the world building and stories for it. So 
like that sounds like a single player experience i would love to to um play but then yeah if it's something that's just the concept sounds interesting to me and i'm really like mostly looking for a single player type game it would for a multiplayer game it would have to be something that like really blew me away to want to get into it because i think I just get too frustrated with competitive type of multiplayer games, but yeah, that's not a part of you. I yeah. want to know anymore. Yeah, it's it just it did dark. It wasn't. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's if it's got a good concept, because even like I know people did not like Death Stranding that much, but to me, even that seems like a game I want to play because. It's like it's a very detailed Death Stranding's game. weird where yeah. people didn't like it but now every time I see somebody talk about Death Stranding they're like super into it now. So yeah. I don't know what I, happened I watched there. a review of it and it's I was a very like, specific niche. Yeah, I watched a review of it and I was like I know people weren't like crazy about this game but this kind of looks like amazing to me and I, I kind of want to try it. So if like you throw something out there like that uh, I'm I think I'm willing to give it a shot uh, if assuming I have the console and, you know, if it is like a PS5 game, I'd probably have to wait for like reviews just to be like, okay, is it as good as everyone thinks it is? Is it as good as everyone's saying? Now uh, I'll actually shell out the money for the console to get it. Um, But yeah, if I if it's a PS4 game, I'll I'll give it a shot if I think it's if it looks good. So I'm I'm definitely open to it. You know, I hope we see more of that really weird Pokemon game that got announced, what, late last year? Legends or something it was called? I don't called. think that's going to happen, but... Probably not. Yeah, I... I that's a I think, Yeah, I... Uh, that's the one game where I'm like, 2022, could it actually be 2023, please? Because that looks like it's not even close to done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Without a yeah. doubt. That's going to be another got announced a little too <laughs> game, early game. Game Freak is honestly... The uh, after seeing how Pokemon Sword and Shield came out, like I know they know how to design like the back end of a game, but in terms of like graphics and, and stuff like that, that is the one company where I'm like, have they just been like cheating on their homework for the past yep. like 20 years? <laughs> like what's yep. going on? Yeah, it's very sad, but I definitely think it's a conversation that post E3, even if they don't announce a lot, you know, maybe one of our shorter episodes, we can just give our reactions of like, okay, what did that look like? What does the landscape in gaming look like, you know, in the next couple of years? So everybody, you know, don't be shy and check out the Discord over at acasttothepast.com slash Discord. You can also drop that five-star rating, you know, really does help out. You know, we, we love doing this podcast where... You know, sometimes we'll have a more straight up uh, video review or, or audio review of a specific game or movie. But every now and then we like to have these more laid back uh, chats about topics that there's not a clear good or bad. It's more of just like, this is how we feel right now about this, right? Tell me about so, your feelings, Juan. Exactly. It's like, you know, I, I love to share my feelings and emotions with everybody. Everybody, you, you know how, how emotional Keith can be, right? Can Keith be emotional, Ryan? I don't What's know. What's our feelings? Keep bringing up twin snakes and yeah. I mean, true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, that does make it's like me so, feel sometimes, things. Sometimes in life, people just can't accept the fact that some things are just the same, if, if not even better. So people, thank you for watching and listening. <laughs> and we will be back with another edition of a cast to the past.
If anything, Look, Ryan, like, I understand that they took the game and put it in the engine of the arguably no, Ryan, the newer cutscenes. Forget about what game. Keith is saying. Like but the cutscenes look so good. No, oh, yeah. they I love when he like, like backflips hey, onto that missile. Oh my yeah, god, the missile so and all that stuff. Stupid. It's so much better. It's so Dare stupid. I say, Ryan, it's even more accurate with the character than the original Metal Gear game. Yeah, I would say ripping off the Matrix makes it just age that much better. It yeah. does, right? It's a lot more pop culture friendly. If you keep up with this opinion, you'll age a hell of a lot worse, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs>